Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we make a short visit to the Old Testament book of Obadiah. It's easy to encapsulate the message of Obadiah. Edom was the nation descended from Esau, the twin brother of Jacob, later given the name Israel. Edom was going to be judged for how they treated the nation of Israel. This, the shortest book in the Old Testament, reveals God's plan for Edom. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Obadiah, or Esau, the sequel. When God chastened Israel, Edom refused to offer assistance, even though their family history was close to Israel and very far away from Babylon. You would think they'd be more drawn to be on Israel's side than the Babylonians. When God chastened Israel, Edom, instead of helping, they rejoiced and they gloated. When God chastened Israel, Edom was happy to swoop in and plunder Jerusalem after the Babylonians were done. When God chastened Israel, Edom actually hindered the escape of the refugees. The lesson's pretty clear. Never gloat over God judging someone else, especially Israel. When you gloat over someone else being punished, you're missing a very important fact. You deserve it as much or more as the ones over whom you're gloating. Obadiah 12 through 14. Do not gloat over your brother's day, meaning day of judgment, the day of his misfortune. And do not rejoice over the sons of Judah in the day of their destruction. Yes, do not boast in the day of their distress. Do not enter the gate of my people in the day of their disaster. Yes, you do not gloat over their calamity in the day of their disaster. And do not loot their wealth in the day of their disaster. Do not stand at the fork of the road to cut down their fugitives. And do not imprison their survivors in the days of their distress all things that Edom eventually did. When you rejoice over the calamity that someone else falls into, especially when you rejoice over the suffering of any of God's people, you are putting yourself in a very bad position. God sees and He never forgets. Don't forget Hebrews 4.13 and there is no creature hidden from his sight, and all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Your character is not demonstrated only by what you say and what you do. Your character includes what you think and what you intend to do or what you wish you could do or who you're gloating over even if there's no one else around to see it. You can't hide from God. Not only can you not hide from Him, but His knowledge and His justice are perfect. Here's another lesson for you. We would call this 
not only Edom. See, the history between Israel and Edom was long. There were lots of incidents dating all the way back to, well, Jacob and Esau in the womb, then in their youth, then in their adult lives, then as they became the heads of nations. Judgment was coming upon Edom for all the accumulated guilt, and it was very specific. And here's the principle that we pluck from Obadiah at this point. Understand, this applies not just to Edom. This applies to all nations, and this applies to every individual in every nation. Look at Obadiah verses 15 and 16. For the day of Yahweh draws near on all the nations. So what's the value of a little one-page book tucked away in a part of your Bible that you find hard to find? It's because this tells you what God is like in dealing with all people and all nations. For the, <laughs> the day of Yahweh draws near on all the nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. In other words, God is going to judge perfectly for all the things you've done. And by the way, you've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Your dealings will return on your own head, because just as you all drank on my holy mountain, all the nations will drink continually. They will drink and swallow, and they will be as if they never were. When Jeremiah came along and he ministered, Babylon was flying high. They were going to be coming in and swooping in to take Israel captive, moved, of course, by the hand of God. But Jeremiah had the same message for Babylon that Obadiah has for Edom, and God would have the same message for us. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 29, summon many against Babylon, all those who bend the bow, and camp against her on every side. Let there be no escape. Repay her according to her work, according to all that she has done, so do to her. For she has become arrogant against Yahweh, against the Holy One of Israel. So if you're tempted to relegate all of this stuff to far-off lands in the dusty pages of history, well, don't. Jesus says exactly the same on a personal level that God says about the nations. You know it in Matthew chapter 7, Sermon on the Mount. Do not judge so that you will not be judged, for in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. See, God is perfectly fair, and He is absolutely righteous, and all of His judgments are perfect. So, your self-righteousness in condemning someone whose sin you see as a greater problem than your own sin, well, that's a problem. For you to ignore that log of the judgmental attitude in your own eye while you inspect the relative little speck of somebody else's sin shows you're not right with God. For you not to forgive someone else when God has forgiven you all your sins through Christ, well, that casts doubt on whether you really are forgiven if you don't show signs of understanding forgiveness. For you to condemn someone else for his or her sin while you bask in the, in the grace of God toward your own sin is hypocrisy. Like we said back in Ephesians chapter 4 talking about forgiveness, everybody loves forgiveness. 
until they have to forgive something. You understand how profound God's forgiveness is? If you're ever on the brink of thinking that you're getting away with something or if you're ever about to get upset with God and tell Him He's not fair, you probably want to go back to Obadiah verse 15. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your dealings will return on your own head. Here's another gem to pluck from Obadiah. As always, the promise is intact. You see it over and over again through the prophets. The promises of God, primarily referring to the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12 and the Davidic covenant in 2 Samuel 7, they will be fulfilled. Even after Israel rejected Christ, all the promises that she has now forfeited or have been set aside for her will be fulfilled. Romans 9, 10, and 11 confirms all of that. The day is coming when not only will God judge the enemies of His people and of His Word and of Himself, but His people are going to be judged with perfect fairness. But in grace, he, he, His people will eventually embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and King. He will reign in Jerusalem for a thousand years, and during that time, all believers of all the other nations are going to stream to Jerusalem as the focal point for the kingdom of God on earth where Jesus sits on his throne. Look at the last four verses of Obadiah, starting at verse 18. Then the house of Israel, I'm sorry, the house of Jacob will be a fire and the house of Joseph a flame. Not set on fire, they're going to be the light of the world. But the house of Esau will be as stubble. They will set them on fire and consume them so that there will be no survivor in the house of Esau. For Yahweh has spoken. Then those of the Negev, Negev is, means the south, the southern regions down by the Dead Sea, down where Edom is. Um, uh, where was it? Uh, uh, those of the Negev will possess the mountain of Esau. Those of the Shephelah, that's the, the, the Philistine plain. We now call it the Gaza Strip. Uh, they will possess the territory of Ephraim and the territory of Samaria. And Benjamin will possess Gilead. And the exiles of this military force of the sons of Israel who are among the Canaanites as far as Zarephath. And the exiles of Jerusalem who are in Shepharad will possess the cities of the Negev. And the saviors will ascend Mount Sion to judge the mountain of Esau. And here's the punchline. And the kingdom will belong to Yahweh. A lot of names, a lot of places, a lot of stuff there. What it means is that land that God promised to Abraham is going to be the land of Israel in the kingdom with Christ reigning in Jerusalem. The fire of judgment is coming. All the descendants of Esau who haven't turned to the Lord are going to be judged along with all those of all the other nations who do not come to the Lord and all the territory of Edom, which was promised to Israel, will belong to her. The punchline can't be more vivid, and the kingdom will belong to Yahweh. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.